What happens when you film an interview in slow motion? Does St Mirren have the best academy in Scotland? What's more important to a university footballer, winning or education? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello, we're back. Welcome to episode two of the Youth Football Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Binney, joined by my co-host who will always be here, so he needs no introduction, Robbie McDonald. But we've got a very special man with us to join us um, on this fine Wednesday afternoon. We've got Daniel Gofoyle, who is our guest reporter, our guest YFS reporter. He's been busy at the Cali Super Cup um, this week. We'll be speaking to Daniel a little bit later, um, but remember... This is episode two of the Youth Football Podcast. Please share, subscribe, share everywhere you can. We've loved recording episode one. It'll be out every single Wednesday. Get that in the diary. Wednesdays are your days for the Youth Football Podcast. Um, Later on in this programme as well, we'll be speaking to Stuart from St Andrews Women's, uh, St Andrews University Women's side, sorry, after they won uh, the She Can, She Will Cup uh, just last week alongside... uh, in the men's competition still in university winning the Queen's Park Shield we've got so much to get through we'll talk about that we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at Mirren just now and their, their academy graduates um, as well as as I said the Queen's Park Shield and she can she will cut but Robbie Daniel I've got to bring yourselves into it you were busy at the weekend at the Cali Super Cup we were talking about that last week but Robbie I'm not sure if you've seen we had a little bit of a problem of an interview Daniel recorded uh, that, Daniel can you just tell our viewers um, what, what sort of mishap had gone on um, trying to record an interview at the weekend. I don't know how it all happened, but I recorded an interview in slow motion. Because halfway <laughs> through the interview, it's just slow motion. It's, uh, it's, annoying, it's annoying that happens quite a bit. Uh, no, not with interviews, but I need, to, I need to sort that out for myself. I don't think we can put that one out. Probably the best bit about it is Daniel says it happens all the time. Like I don't know anybody else that struggles with accidentally recording things in slow motion. <laughs> but, uh, Daniel, how, like, have you got an iPhone, Daniel? Aye. I, I so like no like so does most people. Like how does that happen? Like you've got to switch it on to slow motion. Like, how, <laughs> how do you make that mistake? You you are a, a seasoned professional. Maybe I've already had the camera up, but it's already on video, and I scroll down and think it's on photo, load up slow mo, something like that. There's no, there's no, there's no excuses for this. <laughs> Every young kid watching this is a hundred percent been to a, a tournament or a game, and their dad's trying to take a picture of the team, and it's just, oh, it's a video. That is that Daniel is that, but in journalist form. But listen, apart from apart from that, Robert, last week we were talking about the best of the twenty-one players in Scotland. Um, after a heated debate for 15, 20 minutes, I convinced you all that Emma Watson was the best player, and then she goes and scores starts for Scotland. His first start for Scotland, and scores twice from midfield. Listen. If you listen to me, you get it right, Robbie boy. Yeah, if you want to take credit for that, I guess we'll give it to you. But that was, to be fair, an unbelievable performance from Emma. I think it was 4 0 they beat Costa Rica. Uh, good, a good result on the whole, but just what a talent we have in our, at our disposal now. And what, another, she could have another 20 years playing for Scotland. Ah, it's, abs- it's absolutely crazy. Probably um, a, a bit poor for me trying to claim credit for. Uh, I scoring twice in our first start for Scotland just because I, I bigged it up on a podcast. But um, Emma, if 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 you're listening, 
everything you go on to achieve in your career, you owe it to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, boys, you were, you were busy at the weekend, Cali Super Cup, we've, we've touched on it, but Robbie, can you just sum up what a great weekend it was for, for the reporters and, and the players involved? Oh, like many, like many of these Trans World events, they're just—it's um, a brilliant occasion. There's always a great atmosphere around the place. Tournament was at the Orium, like Scotland's Scotland's old training ground, and where Hearts train. And it's just—it's a, a fantastic facility for players. Like it was under, went from under 12 to under 14. So that kind of back in the age group, they were just absolutely loving it. Had some brilliant teams, some brilliant players. I'm sure Daniel, Daniel can talk us through a few of the good teams there. Oh yeah, there was uh, some amazing teams. I was assigned on the under fourteens girls and just incredible players. Kilmarnock women's team there. They were one of the best, but they didn't go on and win it. Leave the finals, Blackburn United and Holyton Colts. Holyton Colts went on to win it. Just some amazing players, great goals and amazing skills for that level. Yeah, no, it was, it was a fantastic weekend. It was a pleasure for all of us to be involved in. If you listened to episode one, you would have heard from from Daniel Shield who, who spoke to us at, at length last week about the. The tournament and about trans world and, and, and what they do so congratulations to, to all of the winners and, and everyone who who took part um one thing just before we jump into the next section we've got a listener in kazakhstan from episode one so if that's you if you're the, the kazakh watching watching this podcast please drop us an email and we'd love to get you on to hear um what your connection is to, to youth football in scotland so please please um, if it is you that's listening in Kazakhstan, please drop us uh, an email. That's podcasts at youthfootballscotland.co.uk. Now, in, uh, in our first section, lads, um, we've got to talk about what's going on at St Mirren because they are cooking up an absolute storm in the academy just now. Did you see that goal from Struan Thompson? Um, was that against Hamilton? Oh, Robbie boy, absolute belter. Cut inside from the left wing, just curled it straight into the top corner. That's one, probably one of the best goals I've seen this season. Yeah, yeah. But well, we we need to speak a little bit more about um, St Mirren because it's, it's it's the only youth academy in Scotland out with the old firm to have like a five star elite rating from from the the Scottish FA. That's like it's a criteria based system. Um, it kind of ranks them on, on on various different aspects from from the academy. They get teams from under eights to under tens to. Uh, that's in the junior academy, and then they've got from 11s to 20s pro academy, and then I think, I think it's over 100 players they've got on uh, on their books and in, in the academy. But what everyone wants to know as is about the players. If you, if you look at their their squad just now, submitting fantastic season. All they need is a point at the weekend to, to secure top six football for their first time in Scottish Premiership history. There's a number of players who have who have shone and, and and come through the, the ranks. First player I want to speak about is Dylan Reid. I'm not sure if any of you boys have, have, have had a chance to, to watch him play, um, but, oh, come on. He was an absolute baller. I remember him making his debut last season. Um, I think Dylan was born in 2005, which makes me feel incredibly old. We were talking about that last week, but to make your debut um, at 16 years of age, born in 2005, regular for the Scotland 17 side. His debut was against Rangers as well, Robbie. Just, like... Tell us, uh, tell, tell us what you can, sorry, about what you were doing at 16 years of age. At 16 years of age, Nat Fives playing, I was playing for Ragmore United, which arguably are a bigger level than playing against Ibrox, creating the pitches for Inverness's Milton pitches, but I probably got paid, paid less than Dylan Reid did anyway. But yeah, 16 years, five days old. I think he's the, is that the youngest? 
the youngest ever player to play the Premiership. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he was. But I mean, just just recently signing for Crystal Palace as well. Like unbelievable. Uh, it was it was a bit of a kind of prolonged process. I remember like, on deadline day, everyone said it was finished. And speaking of my good good friend Andrew McLean from from Clyde One, I was like, oh, what's what's actually going on here? And it was like, ah, oh, it's just paperwork, blah blah blah. Uh, we got it cleared up from from Stevie Robinson. Um, kind of a month later, that yeah, it'd been official and confirmed. Uh, on on deadline day, it was just a matter of paperwork, something to do with his school grades, I think, because he was on a scholarship. He's on a scholarship down at, at Palace. Uh, but look, Daniel, a player of, of Dylan Reed's ability, can you see him making his way into the, the the Crystal Palace first team? Oh yeah, for sure. That, especially that Palace team, you know. No, not the best, so I think they could be using <laughs> Daniel's calling out Crystal Palace. <laughs> Episode two of the pod and he's calling out Crystal Palace. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, I can definitely see them looking at youth, looking at you know, squad rotation. I think Dylan Reed could get in there maybe in the next couple of seasons, maybe maybe even like a little bench appearance this season, you never know. Yeah, we we spoke about him last week. There's a couple of Scottish boys down there, I know. Um, Scott Banks, who I used to unfortunately have to play against when I was younger because he was an absolute player and used to make me look totally silly. Like most players who play you. Oh, come on, get off it. If it, if it wasn't for the knee injury, I would be on this <laughs> list and you'd be talking about me, okay? At least that's what I, that's, that's what I like to tell people when I'm on a night out. Um, regardless, Dylan, fantastic player. Everyone knows about him. We, we spoke last week at, at length about everything he's going to go on and achieve in his career. Got that move to Crystal Palace. Another boy that's just, just went down south, uh, Ethan Edderhorn, I believe he's... He's just gone on and signed uh, for Lincoln City, another uh, an Academy graduate. Again, also made his debut at, at 16 years of age. Ethan's actually the same age as me, so I know I know some people from uni that, that went to school with him. And he's just been destined for for greatness um, for a long time. But but Daniel, as a as a as a as a fellow good looking individual yourself, Ethan's probably his, his most his most impressive attribute is the fact he's a, he's a Slater's menswear model. Um, and I know that's something you you, you like to get involved in as well as a, as a model, Daniel. Just just how impressive is that? Oh, it's, it's tremendous. I got my first suit last week. I got wedding next month. So uh, even even's an incredible player. Got into the first team quite early on, and then they just became a mainstay under you know, various managers at that similar site. And then Stephen Robinson, um, like I said, eventually got down to Lincoln City, where he's been a Minus his trade there. Yeah. Robbie, is he one for, for Scotland in the future, do you think? He's, I know we've got a lot a lot of talent in that midfield, but I think Ethan, he's, he's got all, all the attributes and if he can apply himself down south and, and go on and achieve great things down down in League One, you never know where he could end up. Yeah, exactly. It's a tough one. Like it's gonna, I'm, I'm sure it'll take a few years. We've got some brilliant midfielders in there right now, but 100 appearances for St. Mirren's first team by... I think 21 years old is an incredible start for any type of player. And it just it just shows, like, St. Menon obviously aren't reluctant to give chances to these boys and they're, re- they're reaping the rewards for playing players at that age. And it's just hope that other teams in Scotland can hopefully take note of that. Yeah, we're, we're just speaking about um, could, could he potentially be one for Scotland because there's been a number of St. Menon Academy graduates who have, who have gone on and, and played for Scotland, like <laughs> Super John McGinn. We all know of, of course, Kenny McLean is still, uh, still in the squad. Lewis Morgan had had a brief stint in, in the Scotland squad once upon a time as well. It's we, we got we got to go through them. We can't talk about Merrin Academy graduates without talking about everyone's favourite player in Scotland. Well, it should be everyone's favourite player, Super John McGinn. Robbie, let, 
let, let's talk about this seriously because he, he deserves all everything that, that comes his way in, in, in terms of praise because he I, th- I think he was a player I remember when he when he first got into that Scotland squad and I think he was actually playing in the championship for Hibs at the time when he was in first in the squad and everyone was like oh what's he doing in there he only plays in the championship he's he's playing for Hibs it's a, it's a waste of a space but I mean, those people have been shot right up. I, I would say in the last five years, he's been Scotland's best player. Yeah, without doubt. And it's just, especially with the array of talent in that squad, that's just high, how high an accolade that is. Like, you can tell, every whenever I'm going to a Scotland game, everyone's singing the John McGinn song. Are you sick of it yet? Are you sick of oh, the song yet? Absolutely. I've been sick of it for years, but I still, I still <laughs> join it. I still join it. But he's, been, he's just kicked on and on. Like, he... Of course, won the Scottish Cup with Hibs. There was that that summer, that summer transfer window where it looked like Celtic were going to come in for him. Probably, maybe the worst decision Celtic's made passing passing up on that opportunity, letting him go down to Villa. But he's been absolutely fantastic for both both club and country, to be honest. But mainly for Scotland, like saw so at the end of the Spain game, just when he got subbed off, just the entire stadium on their feet singing about this man. I think it's gonna. It'll be a while before someone has that kind of impact on the fans. Yeah, 50, 50 caps, fifteen goals, unbelievable achievement, great player, and um, j- just in that Spain game as well. Kenny McLean was also playing a, a St. Mirren academy graduate. He came uh, late on. Someone has has had great longevity in, in the national team. He's gone down and played. I, th- I think that man bounces between the Premier League and the Championship just about every season, uh, as is the nature. Is <laughs> when you're a, a Norwich City player. Um, but Daniel Kenny McLean, just another great example of, of the fantastic work they're doing at bringing two young players and uh, and Paisley. Ah, uh, yeah, no, Kenny McLean, brilliant player, still in the Scotland squad, which you know, some of the fans like, some of the fans don't like, but I think there's always a good option there. There's a reason Steve Clark picks him. A great career, been around for ages. So, uh, just yeah. rolling for St. Mirren. Now, one one of my my favourite examples, um. Of, of a footballer, nothing to do with their ability, but as as their life as as Lewis Morgan, right? That obviously fantastic player, great player, came through the ranks at St Mirren. He was he was on fire for St Mirren, got his move to Celtic, right? But that man grew up playing football, obviously for St Mirren and Paisley, and look where he is now. The boy lives in New York, playing for the New York Red Bulls. What a life! I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna say, I, I think if I was a footballer. I would be very inclined to try and go down that route and just just live the life in a in a, in a, in a lovely city and not really um, bother too much about the, the hassle that you get playing for one of the old farm. Why would you not want to go and play in America, one of the best cities in the world for, for the Red Bulls? Um, so I think I think you've got a you've got a praise like St Mirren as a club for for giving opportunities to young players. Um, there haven't been many examples of, of clubs this season. Uh, given young Scottish players under 21 or, or or whatever from their own academies chances, but it, it seems like every single year, Robbie, St Mirren are bringing through more and more. Because, I mean, another example of that is, is, is Jay Henderson. Um, we've spoken about Dylan Reid and Ethan Erehon that have, uh, have featured this year. But I remember watching Jay Henderson um, was it last season or the season before. Uh, I think it was I think it was just last season. Um, put player on the wing for something, and I thought, God, what a player! And I think if he really kicks on, which which I think he will, he could be attracting some some interest from down south as well, Robbie. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking. Like Jay Henderson, of course, if we've seen his talent over the past few seasons playing for Saint Mirren's first team, but it's just incredible. Like 
that, that's what we're saying. It's not just like a, it's not a small spell of them bringing through talent. Like I think John McGinn got into. I think he made his debut in two thousand and twelve. So that's like it's been over a decade now of St. Mirren just producing talent again and again and again. And we just hope that other Scottish teams would be able to replicate this kind of this kind of success from their academies. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, our, our producer is uh, our producer Stuart. Got to give a, a shout out to to Stuart for compiling this uh, this list of of St Mirren Academy graduates. But I can't help but notice his Hibs bias that he's had to go and include Kyle McGuinness and, and Stevie Mallor in there as well, probably just because he loves them from, from Hibs. But, but no, Daniel, if, if you're talking about this series, another example of two fantastic St Mirren players that were um, poached by Jack Ross and, and, and taken over to to Edinburgh to go, to go and play for, for Hibs, which I think speaks volumes um, for, for, the, for the club and for the, the standard of those players. Yeah, well, Hibs are a big club and for them to... Obviously, a little caveat of Jack Ross going there, but for them to go there, get, get the interest from you know, a big club in Scotland, Ham, uh, everybody knows their name, just brilliant for those two, and you know, they've made hundreds of appearances, you know, the mainstays in that team. Both players, both, both players as well, have played a hundred times for St. Mirren. So, St. Mirren are, it's not just like they're developing players and selling them off, but both of them, like, both of them are. Like they did have an impact at St. Mirren, and St. Mirren are getting the benefit of these players themselves before being able to sell them off for a fee. Yeah, I, re- I really hope McGuinness can, yeah, McGuinness, sorry, can get back to full fitness because when when he's fit, absolute baller. But there's there's more this season. I've I've spent a lot of time um, at the St. Mirren training ground this year and and seeing some of the some of the young boys around. Uh, one player that I really like the look of is Fraser Taylor. Robbie, it reminds me a bit of myself in my prime. Um, very small, but fantastic baller. And you know what? I would like I would like to think of myself as a as a bit of a, a Fraser Taylor when I'm on on the fives pitch. Um, he's certainly one that, that I think could go on and, and do great things. I remember him coming on late against Celtic at St Mirren Park this season. What a fantastic opportunity for him. He's just recently signed a new contract as has Luke Kenny. Um, so I, again, they're putting their trust in these young guys as well. They wouldn't be dishing out contracts if if they didn't think they were going to be able to make it. But uh, we need to talk about Robbie Kieran Offord, who a lot of uh, St Mirren fans are, are excited about. Absolutely smashed it on loan last season at East Stirling, despite being one sixteen years old or whatever he was when he was on loan there, or seventeen. Um, spent the year this this season on loan at, at Alwa. Seems to be doing all right. Just how important is is that for young players like this to get experience playing against men? Oh, of course, as a 19-year-old striker, you want to go somewhere where you're going to be able to come up against like seasoned professional defenders, players. That, like, it's one thing playing in academy football, playing against some of the best youth ones, but real grown men who have the physicality that you're going to need to play in a league like Scotland. I think Offord's definitely made the, the right decision going out on loan and he scored a number of goals for East Stirlingshire and Aloha this season, so he's clearly reaping the rewards. Robbie, you've been keeping a keen eye on, on what's going on in Paisley this year. I believe you've got a, a bit of a prediction for someone even younger that could go on and uh, do well for, for St Mirren in the future. We just like to, to let our, know, our viewers know about who you've you've tipped for success at St Mirren. So. Oh, the centre-half, Murray Campbell, has been absolutely fantastic. He's played five times for the Scotland under-17s, captain on the side. I believe there's a number of English Premier League teams going in for them, like it's been reported that he's been watched by the likes of Leicester, Leeds, Spurs, Liverpool, and he's already played in a friendly for the St. Mirren first team at just 15 years old. 
So yeah. I would say give it come back come back in a few years' time and I think we may we may see him in the same kind of paths that we've seen some of the other boys we're just talking about. Yeah, uh, again, I would just like to reiterate how impressed I've been uh, with St Mirren and everything they're doing over at, at, at Paisley for, for bringing through young players and, and the pathway they're, they're providing them with. Um, on a slightly different note, um, we can we can finally introduce um, our, our very special guest for this afternoon. We're going to be talking a little bit about uni football because we had um, last weekend the hashtag she can she will cup as well as the queen's park shield where um the the top university sides in in, in scotland were, were battling it out for for some of the oldest uh trophies in in, in football at, at all levels i'd like to say stuart Milne's joined us um from the university of st andrews stuart um first of all i've just just got to ask you have you, have you calmed down from the, the celebrations of last wednesday yet? Have the, have the girls managed to give you uh in any respite from that yeah, no, they certainly um, they certainly enjoyed it. Um, we've waited a long time to to win it once, so to win it uh, twice in consecutive years is is really good, really pleasing. There was a lot of the players that played in the game the year before. Um, probably about half the squad had done it and experienced it, which was great. And for the the newer ones that we have this year, it's great for them to experience it for the first time. So they really enjoyed it. They worked really hard to to get the job done. It was a tough game, but we were delighted to come out on top and they had a few days off. Uh, we trained last night for the first time because we've got one more game to go next Wednesday. So back to it and uh, ready to go for the last one next week. Stuart, was it, was it nice to get the game done and dusted in 90 minutes this time? Because I, I was there last year and I remember it was that, was it 0-0 all the way through? Extra time and then, and then penalties. <laughs> yeah, certainly from a from a coaching standpoint, not tough to worry about uh, penalties and the, the lottery that it can be. It was uh, it was nice. Uh, it was nice to score a few goals, create, uh, created quite a few chances and then took them this time. I think the year before it was, um, you know, we grew into the game and we had, we had a few chances on the day that I think we, we probably deserved to win in 90 minutes if I'm looking at it from our side of it. But... Listen, at that point, it was just happy to get it done and won for the first time. It's a big pitch. It's a really, really big pitch and a fantastic facility. So I think the players that played in it a year ago were grateful for the fact they only went to 90 minutes this time as well rather than having to play another 30 on it. But yeah, great great just to win full stop, which was which was special and a key, a key goal for us at the start of the season when we looked at what this year would look like. Yeah, I was just taking a, a look at the, the, the box tables for this year as well, Stuart. Of course, I think most people that play uni football know that your side won all 10 matches, which is absolutely incredible. Um, from I've got to put it in the, uh, the Strathclyde men's ones one hour league this season, but absolutely no chance could we get 10 wins out of 10. Just a, a, how big of an achievement was that in the league campaign as, as well to, to, to now add a, an extra trophy to the cabinet for this season? Really, really important and you know we're we're in a good place at the moment with our where women's side in particular that that's the third consecutive season in tier one that, that they've won ten from ten which is great um, we had to wait a long time to win the first one but to then go and do it three on the bounce is is really important and and really special um, it's a key priority for us to to be competitive and win that league and you know we've got big plans here in terms of what we're trying to do we've got the final playoff game next week to try and get promoted to the british north league which would be a real progression point for us in terms of the development of this of this club and this program that we're trying to create but underneath that we've got a women's second team that got promoted from tier two to tier one for the first time this season they didn't lose a game in the process so 
were in a really strong position and our third team did very well in their league with the most number of points that they ever achieved in a, in a league setting. So it's a good time to to be involved and we're getting a lot of success. A lot of hard work goes into that from, from the players and working their, their academic commitments around what we're trying to do as coaches to make them better players. But um, yeah, very satisfying to, to have another um, really good season and hopefully we can we can finish off the last game next week with a positive result, which would be the icing on a, on a very good cake. Yeah, Stuart, there'll be, there'll be a lot of people listening to this who, who aren't too familiar with, with the setup of, of, of uni football. Your team's won Tier 1 in Scotland. Next Wednesday, you'll play in a playoff match against Nottingham Trent um, with the opportunity to then go into the, is, is it the Bucks Premier North Division, I believe it's called. You, you'll be up against teams from from uh, from England as well and, and all over the UK. Just how big an achievement would that be to then you know, have, have these girls test themselves against not just the best in Scotland, but the best across the, the entire United Kingdom. Oh, ma- massively important, and and at a point where you're then you know challenging yourself against, like you said, some of the top teams in the country, well-established, um, elite-level, you know, sporting programs. Not to mention, you know, individual teams within the football s- aspect of it as well. So. We've never been at that level. Um, it's a, a level that we're working very, very hard to try and get to because we want to be amongst the best teams in the country. And um, and that's on a, on a week-to-week basis. It's a very competitive league. Um, yes, there's a lot of travel potentially within it, but we think we're at a point now where we're ready to go and, and give it a good go. And, you know, Sterling have been well established at that level for a number of years now. And, you know, given the success that we've had in the, in the She Can, She World Cup over the last couple of years, you know, we've them along the way to, to winning it so we think we're ready we're, we're excited to get there we want to get there we've got a very very tough game in order to do that because the standard of um, you know women's football particularly in the Midlands 1A tier in, in England is very very strong so it won't be easy by any stretch but we've got a very very good team and we're very very capable of doing that and we want to go and stretch this team further by you know playing at an even higher level week in week out hopefully from next season. Yeah, for, for all university footballers, I'm sure um, football is a priority uh, behind education. Sorry, education priority football. But there's 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 one other aspect to it that I know all uni fo- footballers absolutely love. Did you allow the girls to go out last Wednesday after the victory, or or, or were they chained to their desks ahead of exams and for uh, for the weekend? Listen, there's a lot going on here as an academic at the minute. I'm sure every other university is the same where you've got revision week and you've got deadlines and then you've got dissertations or you've got exams. So I think it's it's important that, as I said at the start, I mean, we've waited a long, long time to to win, you know, competitions like this. We were in, involved in one of the first finals back in 2013 when we, you know, were involved with Triple S to help set the, the cup competition up and, and lost. And then we got to the final in, in 2020, but then it was cancelled because of COVID. So... A lot of work, a lot of players, a lot of time has gone into it. It's important that they get that, you know, not only what they've put in over the last few years, but over the course of a season that they work incredibly hard and we ask a lot of them and they respond all the time juggling everything else. So they've got to enjoy it. You know, these are the moments that you come back maybe early, you're sacrificing various other different things to train, to play, to travel. And, you know, it's the moments that you're you're then hopefully going to get some reward from it and playing in cup finals and winning it or getting promotion or, Winning leagues are certainly a, a really important part, and it adds to the experience um, of what you're there to do as well. So, no, there was an opportunity for them to go and enjoy themselves. The bus back was good, you know, a lot of them together and whatnot that night, and gave them a couple of days off. That not only helps with the physical load, but you know, the practicalities of exams and revisions and deadlines, but mentally as well. I mean, we're normally, you know, 
finished up around about now. We've got another week or so to go, so it's the latest we've ever gone. Um, so that you know pulls into various other different factors. So we try and support the players as much as we can, let them enjoy themselves when it's on to do that. And when we're here to work, we're we're here to work, and we've got another five or six sessions to get us ready to go for this last game, and then, and that's us. So. You know, we're just looking forward to that, and like I said earlier, hopefully we get the positive result from it. Stuart, I'm I'm keen to hear about uh, what the recruitment process looks like for yourself because I rem- I remember last year's final looking through the team sheet. There's there's girls literally from all over the world playing playing in your side. How do how, how do you collate these players together? How, how do you decide who, who makes the team? What, what can you tell me? Just kind of shed some light on, on what the recruitment's like. I mean, I've been here 12 and a half years and within that, we've always had a really strong female representation from, from the States and, and other international countries. So um, it's something that we've always had. What we've tried to do over the last few years in particular is just enhance that and, and tap into that. I mean, the universities are a world-renowned, prestigious university where a lot of our admissions team will be out and about, you know, showcasing the, the full St Andrews experience on our on a day-to-day weekly basis and, and we've just tried to support that and, and make connections with various different clubs and schools and first and foremost they're here to be an academic and they've got a lot of um, prestige in coming to this university the academia is very very high and and first and foremost we want to support that so they've got to be of a certain you know level to be able to to gain entry and and we just do as much as we can to find out more about them the player when we start engaging in conversations with them um, at undergraduate level, it's very much a case of marketing the programme across, you know, Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, Europe, into the US, Canada, etc. And we're probably a bit of a, a unique scenario in that, you know, we've got one Scottish girl on the team, we've got one Dane, we've got one Canadian and 15 Americans. So we are slightly different to what you'll find in the UK, where a lot of the opposing teams that we play will have, you know, one or two, maybe three or four max, and then the rest of it's a UK um, you know, makeup, and that's fine. Everyone's got their own different ways of of doing it. We would, you know, across our program, we do have a number of British-based players and European players. America's a strong market for us, and and that's something that we'll continue to support and enhance, as well as trying, you know, bring in some more people that can help us from the UK, Europe, and everywhere else, and and generally just push the program on so that we can do that. The postgraduate side is slightly different, where we have gone out and and been able to directly recruit a bit more. So. We've got some very talented individual athletes that have come in over the last four or five years that have helped and shared part of that success along with undergrads that have continued to evolve and grow and, and contribute to, to the success that we've had. What's next for these players then? Because if you look at, I hate to single one uni out, but, but Stirling University, their, their women's side playing the, the SWPL2, that's two years in a row. At, at box level, you've been able to, to, to get the best of of Stirling in this this competition and, and go on and win this. Is there players should they stay in Scotland after graduation and your squad that you're confident could go and play in the, the professional leagues in, in, in Scotland? Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, the game in Scotland full stop on the women's side is growing really, really well and, and rapidly and, and it's great to see it. And I think we do have players that, that could go in and play um, and, you know, some of them have aspirations to do that. Some of them don't. Some of them want to you know, going to the, the academia professional world or some of them want to go and do various other things. So we'll support them in any way we can to try and, you know, help them with what it is they want to do. Um, certainly from a talent standpoint, I've no doubt that there's players that could go in and help at a variety of different levels within, you know, SWPL1 and 2 and 
and go and have good careers. I think there's some of them potentially could end up, you know, down south or in Europe or back in the States playing professionally as well because, you know, there's some of them that are more than capable of being able to do that. Ultimately, it's our job to try and support their their wants, their needs, their their interest, and, and try and find the right fit for them. And you know, within the programme that we have, we think we, we do that quite well and we'll continue to do that as much as we can. How are the University of St Andrews Football Club gonna gonna develop next? I know that the big game is next Wednesday, but what's the, what's the, what's the big goals for, for for you guys coming up? Ideally, we want a women's first team playing at that level at some point is is in the near future because that's the natural progression for them um, to go and continue to evolve, grow, and, and play against the best teams. We we lost in the semi final of the British Cup this year, ironically enough, to Nottingham Trent, who we play in a couple of, you know next week. So. We wanted to do well in the British. We progressed to the furthest round that we've ever done. So that's an aspect for us. Um, our women's second team are going to be playing in Tier 1 for the first time next year and they're going to get their first exposure at the British Cup. So we want them to evolve and grow and continue their great journey that they've been on in the last couple of years. Our women's third team, ideally, we want to then get up a tier in due course, if not two tiers, and then continue to push the guy side of it as well so that they can kick on and and be the best they can. They've had, you know, the first team, for example, had a really good ding dong with Strathclyde on two or three different occasions. I, I some we won and some we lost. And you know, that's we want we want very much our guys' first team to be playing at tier one. It's not been for the lack of trying and effort over the last few years, but we've just unfortunately fallen short. And you know, across the rest of the teams and our second team were very close to getting promoted out of tier three, but I think it was Strathclyde second team that won that one. So you know, there's lots going on, and we're in. We're very competitive, and you know, over the last you know twelve years or so, I think it's fifteen or sixteen titles that across the club that we've won. We want to add to that. You know, our membership's grown through the roof. We want to add to that. We want to continue to push and get all our teams playing at the highest level, getting the best experience that they can with the best facilities, coaching. We're ambitious, and and we want to go and compete with some of these other teams and, you know, on the guys' side, we had a wee flavour of it a few years ago when we played the likes of Sterling and the QPS and we've had a good record against them. But, you know, they're the benchmark, I think, for, for guys' teams in Scotland in terms of what they do and the level that they compete at. And, you know, it's great to see them continue to do well, not only in Scotland, but more so more widely in, in the Lowland League and, you know, within the East of Scotland Leagues, within the Bucks Prem North, because, it you know, it sends a positive message for, for student football across the board that, you know, there's a lot more to it than maybe what, the perception might be and we want to add to that and especially on our women's side as well we're at a point where we think we are now one of the best teams certainly in Scotland and we want to go and continue to push that to have one of the best programmes across the UK. Stuart listen thank you very much again for, for joining us and again congratulations on the on the victory last Wednesday fingers crossed the, the girls can go and do one more next Wednesday against Nottingham Trent and get uh, get revenge for that British Cup one and make sure your girls are playing at the, at the top table of British student football. So, Stuart, once again, thank you very much for your, for your time, mate. It's been a pleasure. Brilliant. Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much. We'll speak soon. No problem. Thanks, Stuart. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks to Stuart. And in addition to that, we we also had the the men's version of that competition take place last Wednesday. It's uh, the Queen's Park Shield. I think it's actually one of the oldest trophies in, in Scottish football. It might actually, correct me if I'm wrong, it might actually be the second longest running competition behind the Scottish Cup ever so it's an absolutely incredible achievement to win that and Robbie I think there's no surprise as to which uh, university team were able to get their, their hands on that trophy Stirling University what a season they've had uh, pushing um, 
at the top end of the Lowland League. I think they, they're probably going to finish second when, when the season ends up there with the Rangers and Celtic B teams, just, just behind Spartans. They got to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup in which they got to play against Premiership side Dundee United. But finally, for all their hard work, Robbie got their hands in some some silver well, uh, silverware sorry, in, in, in the Queen's Park Shield. Yeah, it was a brilliant, brilliant result. I think everyone knows that Sterling are probably going to be going to be the favourites for this type of tournament. But it was actually a really close game between them and Harriet Watt. But as a as a game as a whole, it was it was only one 0 But it was a really exciting one though. There was a couple of good chances. I know Harriet Watt had a goal ruled out just offside in the first half. Sterling also came close with a kind of a cross come shot from about what thirty yards out, maybe canning canning off the crossbar. But yeah, the dying, dying embers of the game, Ewan McGill on his birthday managing to give his side the victory. Which yeah. I yeah. imagine a better birthday than that. Uh, I know, no, Ewan's an absolutely, he's a great, great lad. I'd done an interview earlier this year with uh, the captain, James Berry, and Ewan was with us for the day, just one holding bags or something for, for, for James. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> flatmates, they're, they're good pals, and Ewan, Ewan's an absolutely. Top top guy um, and a fantastic football player as well. He's, he's the one that scored the winner against Albion Rovers as well in extra time when they beat them in the Scottish Cup to take them into that match where they eventually played Dundee United. But Robbie, they're up against no mugs here because Harriet Watt absolutely cruised Scottish Tier One um, at, at Bucks level. They won that. I think if they've got a game, I think it's actually tomorrow they've got to play their playoff match. Um, to try and get themselves into, into the Box Premier Division alongside Sterling, who won the Box Premier North Division this season. They're, they're, they're going well in, in their own East of Scotland League as well. So, Harriet Water, an absolutely fantastic season. I think that just speaks volumes for, for how impressive this Sterling team have been um, this season. By far, I think, the most talented um, men's university student side we've seen in this country for a long, long time. So, like, we can talk all day about it if we like, but let's not hear from us, let's hear from the main man behind it all, Chris Geddes, the man that works a million hours a week, takes the, the men's first team, occasionally helps with the, the twos as well, and he also takes the, the under-20s development side to play on a Friday, the man does football seven days a week at that university, so here's Chris Geddes speaking after the match. We were obviously the better team, first half, hit the bar four times, cleared one off the line, Harry walked very dangerous on the counter. I was playing three at the back. The striker's good, he's fast, so they had opportunities in the second half. We had a lot of the ball and yeah, just a, a good goal to finish. Birthday boy Ewan coming on. It was his birthday the other day, so good for him. Um and yeah, it's a listen, we know the feeling that Harry were going through because they done that to us last year. They scored it was a bit earlier, they scored about eighty six, eighty seven minutes and obviously we scored later today, but yeah, we, we thoroughly deserved that win. Yeah, how patient did the boys have to be today after the chances <laughs> in the first half and then being frustrated too much in the second half? Had to be patient. We're playing against a good side. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the way we play suits them as well. We press high, they want to play out from the back, so they get their opportunities to play through us and, and try and counter on us. Um, ben Fry made two good saves in the first half. Uh, so, yeah, we had all the chances this end, but they had two chances at that end. And then second half, I think, yeah, we, we stuffed them out quite a lot and they ran out of legs a wee bit, but... Um, they're having an excellent season and I'm sure it'll continue after this game. Yeah, we've said so much in the past about how capable you and is in front of goal. What did you ask from on coming on off the bench today? I think we just needed a bit of quality, do you know what I mean? It was a good diagonal from Jake. Jamie got in behind another sub and he crossed it and he put it on a plate. But listen, we had chances before that. Keenan had a great chance, do you know what I mean? So he's been let off the hook with that one. Um, but yeah, Ewan, he came on against Albion Rovers and done it. He's came on today and done it. So it's a really, it's going to be a good birthday for him. 
Great interview there. Fantastic to hear from, from Chris Kiedis. Uh, big, big shout out to John Turnbull for conducting that interview and allowing us to use it on this podcast. Fantastic young journalist as, as, as John Daniel. You should be taking notes. Uh, John was able to record that that interview not in slow motion. So fantastic work from him. Uh, and again, big shout out uh, to John for allowing us to, to, to use that. Well done to Southern University men's side. Well done to St Andrews University women's side on their respective cup victories. Um, last weekend, just before we go, we've got to talk about uh, a little cup final that's happening tonight. It's under 18's Fife League Cup final between the Fairmont High School and Inverkeven High School taking place at the Queen Anne Astro. Um, I'm not too sure, is, is the game finished yet? It's still going on, we're, we're trying to get live updates. Um, yeah, just had word from the producer there that it's, it's actually finished just on full time. We can bring you uh, the full time score that's finished 2 1 to Inverkeven. So, congratulations, Inverkeven High School, on winning. Thunder 18's Fife League Cup final, massive achievement to, to beat them. Fairman, um, great side. And Verkeven had their, their opening goal rolled out for offside. And at that point, I thought, God, their, their luck's going to be against them today. But fantastic cup victory and well done to them. Now, boys, just before we go, um, as always, we've got our, our, questions, our questions from the listeners. Remember, if you want to make sure your questions are featured in our podcast, email them to podcasts at youthfootballscotland.co.uk. Uh, question here uh, what you both answered it someone saying who is the most famous person you've ever interviewed start with you Robbie so they are the most the most famous person I've interviewed would have to be Michael Beale Michael Beale or Lee Johnson press conference after the the Rangers Rangers Hibs the league game probably one of the best Rangers have played all season but I'd say Lee Johnson was probably my favourite interview he's a very a very honest man which you know, if I played for this team, I might not like, but as a journalist, we, of course, adore. But, yeah, I'd have to go for one of them. Yeah. Daniel, yourself? Uh, it would be either, well, both of the Celtic B team managers, Stephen McManus and Darren O'Day, I had a chance to do the Celtic B team games quite a few times this season. Uh, both turned out as really good interviews, and then, yeah, both of them, Celtic through and through, myself, Celtic through and through, so that was like a little bit of me really boys um, I've got to say thank you because you've been fantastic guests once again uh, just like to say thank you very much for taking the time out of your, your evenings to, to come to come and speak to me thank you also to our wonderful present audience uh, for listening this is episode 2 hope you've enjoyed episode 2 sorry of the youthful podcast we'll be back again next week get it in the diary as I said Wednesday nights, Wednesday evenings, that's when we're on. Make sure you're listening to the Youth Football Podcast. But for myself, Robin McDonald and Daniel Gofoyle, thank you very much and good night. <laughs>